0: The Chronicles of Vladimir Todd, the Ninth Grade Slayer, Chapter 12 Honoring Thomas Todd Vlad heaved a log onto the pile and brushed the flakes of bark from his gloves. With little effort, Otis tossed on two more, each twice as large as the one Vlad had struggled with. Vlad noticed with an exhausted sigh. As Otis turned back to the wood that Vicus had chopped to grab another two pieces, Vlad looked around the village with a curious crinkle in his brow. Not many people here this morning. Where are all they? Otis dropped the new logs on the pile and smiled. A large percentage of the Siberian council chooses not to rise during daylight hours, believing it is against vampiric nature. Vlad glanced over at Vicus, who had removed his shirt and was raising an axe over another large log. But isn't Vicus their president? Oh yes, and much beloved. Otis crossed his arms in front of him and leaned up against the pile of wood they'd created. It was already waist-high. Vlad raised an eyebrow. So shouldn't they follow his example? Otis chuckled. If citizens followed their leader's example throughout history, the human race would have died out centuries ago. Vlad weighed this for a moment and then looked back at Vicus, who had paused to wipe his brow. What did they think of him being out in the sun? From what I've heard, they think his willingness to move about on human time borders on sacrilege. Nevertheless, when they travel to Novosibirsk every month for supplies, they are sure to purchase plenty of sunblock. Otis patted him on the shoulder and met his eyes. Just because they disagree with him doesn't mean they love him any less, Vladimir. Vicus dropped the axe and carried the remaining pieces of wood over to the pile. After setting them carefully on top, he patted the wood. A good kindling for our funeral pyre. Otis nodded, agreeing with his assessment. Vlad blinked, but doesn't a funeral pyre usually contain a, uh, a body? Yes, Vikas offered him in a reassuring nod. Normally the wood is set aflame at dusk and kept burning all through the night until the body is placed on the flames, moments before dawn. Words are said, goodbyes are given, honor is bestowed, and the living vampires retire inside just as the sun begins to rise. The body bursts into flames at dawn when the sun's rays touch it, and it continues to burn until the next evening when all that is left are ashes and memories. Vlad bit his bottom lip gently for a moment, but my dad is buried back in Bathory. A defilement that we will one day correct, Malinky Devil. Burying the dead is barbaric. It has no honor. Putting a body in a box is a keepsake for mortals to cling to long after everything that was that person is gone. It turns my stomach. "'Graveyards are for the living, not the dead.' Vicus tore his eyes from the woodpile and lowered his head. "'Pardon me, Vladimir. I don't mean to insult your heritage.' Vlad didn't speak. He couldn't. For a brief moment, he would felt like he belonged somewhere, that he was simply another vampire. But the spell had been broken by Vicus's observation. He was just as much of a freak to vampires as he was to humans.' Aside from that, it was astounding to learn how drastically different vampire traditions were from the human traditions he'd grown up with. They really had little in common apart from hunter and hunted, if you thought about it. Vlad's stomach rumbled. Vicus smiled. I hunger as well, but hold your fast, Malinky Devil. We cannot eat until the dusk following your father's funeral. It is tradition. Thomas can no longer imbibe the essence of life and so we too will not imbibe until his memory has been honored. Vlad nodded in understanding. The sun had already begun its descent, and the sky was turning various shades of pink and gold. As it darkened, lights appeared in the windows of the cabins. It seemed the rest of the vampires were awake, which meant Thomas's funeral was about to begin. Vlad glanced at Otis, who was sitting somberly on the bench next to him. His uncle looked tired, and, but proud. Sad but grateful that at this moment was being shared. Vlad could tell because he felt the same. The vigil had lasted all night, just hours and hours of stoking the flames and of complete and total silence, both in voice and in telepathy. All of the gathered vampires focused quietly on one thing, their memories of Thomas Todd, Vlad's father. At last, Vika stood and moved to the center of the gathered crowd, near the crackling funeral pyre. Each vampire looked up at him and then, as if coaxed by a thought, then Vlad heard Vicus's voice in his head too. It was deep and thickly accented, warm and comforting, just like his spoken voice, he said. We begin. Suddenly, Vlad's weary body and morning mind relaxed and he settled back on the bench in awe of the towering flames. Once Vicus had their attention, he spoke aloud, Thomas Todd was many things, friend family. He gestured to Vlad with a nod, even father. But before all of those things, he was a vampire, the greatest, in fact, that I have ever known in all my 998 years. Vlad suppressed a gasp. Vicus looked no older than 35, had not a single strand of gray hair in his head. And yet, here he was proclaiming to be just two years short of a millennium. Vlad made a mental note to ask Otis later what the oldest vampire had lived to be. Vicus glanced to the fire and took a shuddered breath, fighting tears that had been threatening to fall since he heard the news of Thomas's death. Tonight, we honor him in death as he honored us in life. And as Thomas embraced his son, Vladimir, so shall we embrace him as a brother, a vampire, a son. As for Thomas's chosen bride, several vampires shifted uncomfortably. One stood to leave, and then at Vicus's glance he sat once more. Vicus looked at Vlad and nodded. Melina stood by Thomas's side when none of us could. During the extended period he spent without the comfort of Alicia, and also during his most terrible and unexpected demise. We owe her, young Vladimir's mother, great respect, and tonight we honor her as we honor her husband, our brother. Thomas was but a fledgling vampire when we... He first was brought into my teaching, wise beyond his years, eager to learn and with an amazing and somewhat distracted sense of humor. It was that same day that he and Otis would meet, and through them both, I would learn the true value of friendship. Vicus's smile grew and his eyes glistened. Thomas was a gifted student, particularly in the skill of manipulating the minds of others. I recall fondly our first visit to Moscow together. I'd been teaching Thomas for two weeks. To my amazement, he manipulated several dozen tourists in, to dance around a grand fountain there, and when the humans sent their police to break up the impromptu celebration, Thomas had them joined in, join in with grand pirouettes. It was quite the sight. Desi- despite the solemn, solemn, solemnity of the occasion, several vampires laughed aloud. Vicus dried his eyes, and once the laughter ceased, he spoke again. It was troubling for many of us to learn that Thomas had abandoned Alicia for the love of a human, but we must remember that Thomas was not one to follow in the footsteps of others, but rather seek out fresh ground and make his own way. He was a criminal, yes, but he was also a pioneer, a great man, and one whom more vampires should seek to emulate. Vicus looked from vampire to vampire until each had met his gaze and understood the seriousness of what he was about to say. Vlad swallowed his tears and listened. A part of me, a part of us has died. Let us never forget that. Vicus stared into the flames for a minute in what looked like silent prayer, then glanced up at the lightning lightning sky and released his tears. One by one, each vampire stood in silence near the flames before turning away and moving indoors. Otis gestured by the pyre with a nod. Vlad stood and followed, but once they were at the fireside, he didn't know what he was expected to do. It is customary to say goodbye, but none can ask that of you, just as none can ask that of Vicus or me. Otis met Vlad's eyes and squeezed his shoulder. Just tell him whatever you would if he were listening. He is, you know. From wherever we may go after life, Thomas is listening. Otis choked back more tears. He and Vicus turned and made their way slowly to the largest cabin, leaving Vlad alone at the pyre. Vlad stood there for several minutes. The sun was breaking over the horizon. If he was going to at least try to keep with vampire tradition, he'd better think of something to say soon. But what could he say to his dad that he hadn't said aloud to Thomas's picture every night for four years now? He cleared his throat and looked into the flames. I miss you, Dad. Otis is teaching me a lot, and Vicus is about to. I hope. I hope that I make you proud. I'm trying. He turned from the fire and took one step before he paused and whispered into the chilly air. Don't worry, Dad. I'll never say goodbye. Otis is right. No one can ask that of me ever. Vlad quickened his pace and hurried into the largest cabin. The door had closed behind him when the sunset hit the pirate.